Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. In this corner, standing five foot ten, and playing a lot of red decks is me, Andy. And in that corner, uh, standing at six foot four, and his love of tokens, Bruce. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Welcome uh, back to Temple of False Pod. Uh, last week we talked about our resolutions for this year. This week we're going to talk about last year in kind of a very quick and microscopic perspective. Uh, yeah. I didn't get to play a lot of new cards, but we figured <clears throat> we'd talk about our favorites from the year. Uh, because I looked through our what? I think it was like mm, 1,900-something cards yeah it was something like that uh almost 2,000 cards that were made just in the past year uh and some honestly some bangers uh so uh we figured we'd pick a couple of our favorites yes talk about them uh because for me i approve of where uh some of these trends are going not not much more to talk about no Uh, let's just get right into it Sure. So I found a few cards. This was one that I had never seen. It, it just totally slipped by on my radar. And I'm confident that a lot of you out there are going to be like, that slipped past your radar? Yes, this slipped past my radar. And I think that honestly, this could very well be one of my, one of the best cards from 2023. So it's Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Two mana for a legendary artifact. It's, it reads, you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color, to activate abilities of creatures you control. So stop there. For two mana, you can now use any color. So if you've got a three-color deck and you you know you're concerned about the mana, this thing solves it. We're good. Or your Gaunti decks. Right. Yeah, stuff like Gaunti and other stuff. I mean, this just opens up a lot of stuff. I know that a lot of the new cards just say you can use mana like any colored mana as though or or you can use mana as though or mana of any color to cast spells. But this get this really assists with a lot some of the older cards that don't let you do that. Mm. Well, this next, this assists with the abilities once they're on the battlefield, which is amazing. Right. That's only the first paragraph. So the next paragraph. More? Yes, creatures you control with plus one plus one counters on them have all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with Agatha's, Agatha's Soul Cauldron, which of course means Jack. If you don't know the next paragraph, this is the final one. This is all on one card. Tap. Exile target card from a graveyard. A graveyard, not just yours. When a creature card is exiled this way, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. So exile a creature that has an activated ability. You slide it underneath Agatha. Agatha, it's all exiled. You take a plus one, plus one counter and put it on one of your creatures. Now that creature has all of those activated abilities. And by the way, you can use any colored mana to to activate them. Ignoring the activated abilities. To me, this card says, tap, exile a card from a graveyard. That alone, uh, I would pay one mana for that on on an artifact. I would, this one not only does that, but it's like tap, exile a card from a graveyard, put a plus one plus one counter on one of your creatures. Okay. Or exile a card from a graveyard. You didn't choose a creature, because you're trying to stop them from getting an enchantment or some kind of artifact. Put it under Agatha. You, it says any. It says target card. 
Mm. It doesn't have to be a creature. It doesn't have to be a creature with activated abilities. This thing basically targets cards out of your opponent's graveyard so they can't recur them. I love this. We need way more of this in Magic. Virtually every single game I'm in involves somebody focused on graveyard recursion. And almost mm. everybody else has a way every once in a while to get stuff out of their graveyard. This just says no. You know, or at least no to the nastiest stuff. Yeah. And all of the extra that, you know, my creature now taps for the activated ability. That's awesome. But to me, that's just pure bonus. And I think what I like too about this is that it's like they could have easily done cauldron counters or something. But the fact that it's plus one, plus one counters uh, makes it so that you like it's any plus one, plus one counter. Um and, I mean, if you're playing a counters deck, which, I mean, if you're Bruce, you are. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, you you just get that, you just, like, it. it's inevitable, you know? Like, you don't have to activate this to get the plus ones onto things. It's just a part Andy, of the deck. Andy, picture this. Okay. I'm playing, I'm playing my Grenzo Dungeon Warden deck. Folks have been targeting Grenzo for the entire game. Grenzo, I, the last time I played, you know, a black and a red, and I had to pay six in a commander tax. And then I had to pay one more because Grenzo, the focus of that deck are, is three, three creatures. So I get Grenzo out and I've paid nine mana for him. He has a plus one, plus one counter on him. So now anything I exile with Agatha, Grenzo can now do. And Grenzo's activated ability is two mana to flip the bottom card. It's not tap. So Grenzo can now do everything else. I can still tap him and he can still do his ability. And more importantly, when it dies again, I put it in the graveyard. And then I tap Agatha and put Grenzo under Agatha. So now any of my creatures, or all of them, if they all have plus one, plus one counters, can all now do what Grenzo does. And all the entire cost is a plus one plus one counter. And I realize you're taking a huge risk because once they any, dis, any gone, disenchant, yeah. yeah, once the cauldron's gone, you're kind of hosed. But honestly, at that point, I was kind of hosed anyway. Grenzo costing <laughs> that much. Yeah. This yeah, was yeah. an easy way to get around that. So, and this is going to be true for a lot of people. Um, you know, pick pick any of your any commander that has a that's expensive, that has an activated ability, you can very well exile your own commander to, you know, to avoid, essentially avoid the commander tax once. Like I say, there's risks yeah. with that. There's risks with that, but... Um, yeah, if you're yeah, oh, at no. the point in the game where you need to, then it's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love this card. I think this is spectacular. And again, you don't need to do this with just commanders who have activated abilities. Throw it in any deck. Tap. I can exile a card from my opponent's graveyard. Super. That, that's going to be enough, and everything else is just gravy. I, yeah. I, yeah. I love this card. My first card. Yeah. Um, I was going to do the TARDIS, but the TARDIS, uh, and I, I've got it up on screen right now, uh, yeah. says uh, for the ability that I want to work to work, you need a Time Lord. Okay. Uh, so 
the card that I did pick was Start the TARDIS, which is one in a blue for a sorcery. It says Surveil 2, then draw a card, period. You may Planeswalk. Ooh. Yeah. So you don't even have to... So this is for a plane chase game. Uh, and you don't have to roll the die at all. You just play this, and you can Planeswalk. Uh, yes. This is my kind of tutor target to get you out of a, a, a sticky situation that you don't want to be in. Um, yep. And it doesn't require the chance of rolling the die. Obviously, you can roll the die. Um, the TARDIS uh, card uh, is much more consistent in terms of a uh, planeswalking engine, but you need a Time Lord. So it really works in either Time Lord decks or Changeling decks. Right. Uh, cool thing about this card, too, is it has Jumpstart, so you can also cast it from your graveyard by discarding a card and paying its other costs. Then you exile it. So you get it twice, which is pretty dang good. Like a, like a, like a guaranteed planeswalk in a game. It just, it, it feels great, you know? Right. Um, and it's, it's an eight cent card. Uh, but it's, yeah, yes. I don't know. Like, there were a lot of cards from the Doctor Who set that I really loved especially with regards to either plane chase or multiplayer mechanics that I I just like it was so hard to choose just one. I mean, that was a self-imposed restriction, but uh if I right. didn't, I would have come to the table with like 12 Doctor Who cards. Uh really excited about this one. So I completely understand why. Uh as somebody who loves who loves a little bit of uh plane chase. Yeah. You know, and it's just, and it guarantees that it's going to happen. That to me, that's yeah. the real thing. And I like that it's May, so you can play this in a game that you're not plane chasing. Yep. Um, and still at two mana, a one and a blue surveil two right. draw card is pretty good. You get a selection, <laughs> or to just take your chance. So, right, and and it has jumpstart as well. Right. So you're going, you're going to get a, a second go round, yeah. which is very nice. So. Yeah, so that's my first card. All right, so my second card. As much as I love Agatha's Soul Cauldron and can't wait to put it in as many decks as I can, I don't like Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, as much. But if we're talking about some of the best cards from this year, I really think that this is a card that we have to talk about. Of course. Um, Elish Norn, Mother of Machines. It costs four and a white. It is a 4-7 creature with Vigilance. Uh, it reads, if a permanent enters the battlefield, or if a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Permanents entering the battlefield don't cause abilities of permanents your opponents control to trigger. So your stuff triggers twice, their stuff doesn't trigger. I hate this card. You and I have talked about this in a previous podcast. Which I've I, either linked below or in the corner up here. Yes. It would be bad enough if it did one or the other. Mm. That's all it needs. Double my stuff. Don't ignore the opponent's stuff or cut the opponent's stuff, but don't you shouldn't get to double. One, this isn't even a white deck, or this isn't even a true white card. A white card would say no no permanence trigger. Or right. all permanents are doubled. Because white is supposed to be about balance and being fair. You know, you change the structure of what people are expecting, and you built your deck to most take advantage of this. 
This card, you don't need to build your deck around it. You just put it in any deck. It doesn't matter. Because even if your deck has no triggers, your opponent's decks will. There's, there's no skill involved with this card. There's no... Uh, and, and I think it, to be fair, I think that this card is a card that just, it destroys fun games. So many, so many times, the best way for an opponent to get rid of this card is with a card they have that has a triggered ability. And then they can't. It, yeah. You're just stuck. And then that's just misery. Because, of course, now, at that, after that point, then you're just flipping the top card and hoping that you're going to luck into something that will work. No, no. I hate games that go that way. Uh, I don't want to be the one causing it, and I don't want to be the one on the receiving end either. As much as I encourage everybody to pick up uh, uh, Agatha's Soul Cauldron, uh, I also encourage you, just don't play with this card. This is one of the most powerful cards of the year. Please don't play it. Yeah. Um, I, I've i come around on it. Um, I, oh, yeah? Uh, with, with Elishnor and Mother Machines, I think, uh, well, for one... You want to hear our opinions on it, or at least like early opinions on it? Go check out that episode we did. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, I think this is obviously less oppressive in the ninety-nine. I think as the commander, it's yeah. miserable. I, right. I do not do not disagree with you there. Yeah. Um, but I think that this card is a lot of fun with regards to being the heel. Um. And I think being the villain in any game, if you're doing it correctly, can be fun for the table and for you. Having the the, the table team up against you, uh, it can be an experience uh, if you're allowing them that joy. You know, like it's like Arch Enemy uh, without the the without the big cards, but like. Right. Um, there's there's a fun and romantic element to it that is you're you're putting yourself through the ringer to get out on top and even if you don't right. it's it's still like that like group mentality that's that's a lot of fun um but i think where a lot of people end up going wrong with this card is questioning why people are ganging up on them you know like it's like oh it's yeah. just a card it's like you know, I've seen this a few times on YouTube. I've seen this in real life. Uh, just being the arch enemy uh, at any point in a game or being the target because people have decided you're the threat, that's on you. And, like, you need to take responsibility for that, you know? Right. Not you. The royal. The, the, no, I, the I understand what you're saying, yeah. Um, and I, I, I enjoy that part of Commander, especially because it, it it is like from turn to turn it's reassessing the board state it's reassessing how you sit on the board because if you're out far in the lead maybe people do gang up on you and that's a thing but it also comes back to like are they still ganging up on you six turns later when you're not the threat anymore that's on them uh right and so it's it's this interesting balance that this card puts on the table but yeah no i absolutely agree that for five mana this card is is busted. Um, yeah, this thing's a monster. Yeah, I, I think that there are people and playgroups who can manage this responsibly, and I think there are a lot that cannot. And yeah. I do not want to be on the wrong end uh, <laughs> when this thing comes down. It was funny. I recently I heard um, um, 
there was discussion on the command zone mm -hmm. and the comment was that they don't feel like it doesn't feel like it needs to be banned because it seems as though the average commander player has decided that no this is too mean and they're not playing it fair whether that's true or not i don't know but yeah if that's the case then good then people are doing what, <laughs> what i think they should be doing i mean there are some groups where this makes sense no for sure and i think mm -hmm. that like I think that that's absolutely the the way to think about this is like, um, it's it's like anything where moderation is key, like yeah. self moderation. Um, mm -hmm. And I think uh, this card, while it does busted things, like anybody who plays this card needs to know, or probably should already know how it feels to play against yeah. it, and like use that as right. your information, you know. Um, yeah, because like I think what you were talking about before with the best way to get rid of this is with ETBs is accurate because Commander is a heavily creature based format, um, right. and the people who are telling you to play more removal are the people who are already playing more spells than creatures, which is not the norm. I would say, right? Know your play group. If I were to play this in my playgroup, I would have three other people who would just be very annoyed with what I have done. I would probably be counted in them, but I mean, like, but I think that that then comes around to how you react to that right. annoyance. Like, yeah. if you make it part of the game, if you make, like, if you're not then countering everything that they're doing... You know, like, if you're not putting all of your protection onto Elish Norn, right. then, like, you know, it's it's different than if you're just like, oh, why would you get rid of her, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, so, it's 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 a balance. Yes. Uh, but I absolutely agree. Oppressive as shit. Uh, mm-hmm. So, there we go. All right, my, my last card. Um, I, I had a, a hard time choosing between another blue card... Um, okay. And this one. Uh, so I decided this one because it's a three mana mana rock, and it came out last month, I think. Ooh. Uh, it's from the Lost Caverns of Ixalan Commander decks. It's called Progenitor's Icon. It's three mana, color or uh, generic artifact. As Progenitor's Icon enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. So it's great for all those typal decks. Taps Ooh. for one mana of any color. Even without that type. But or you can also tap it, and not for mana. Uh, the next spell of the chosen type you cast this turn can be cast as though it had flash. This feels not super powerful, but it feels like it's very close to being a staple in most typal decks. Um, because a three mana mana rock that produces any color is always nice. Um, yeah but also stapled to the idea of uh what's that land the blue green one uh oh yes the one that gives flash the one that gives flash yeah uh yeah. i've got it on I the screen i don't remember here. the name of it uh alchemist refuge um okay. and uh so like it's that but like cheaper which is nice um in terms of like activation ability like activation so like you, your 
opponents are seeing this as either one mana up or the ability to give something flash, which is both threatening. Right. Um, but I don't know. I even like this outside of Commander, like it, in your uh, your Goblin deck, um, yeah. where it's got a bunch of like old Lorwyn Goblin cards, which it's like Typeline, like Sorcery Goblin. Yes. Um, like if if you can have what is it Tar Ball something uh, Goblin. You know the, the the flaming ball yeah, with the tar. Yeah. yeah, it comes in and I think it does five points of damage or minus five minus five and five points of damage to the controller or something like that. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Uh, tar fire. There we go. Oh, it's an instant. Never mind. Um. What's the other one? Uh. Fodder. Goblin fodder. Dragon fodder. Fodder launch. There we go. Tribal sorcery. Three and a black. Uh. Goblin. Tribal Sorcery Goblin. So, yeah. like, giving this flash, fantastic, you know? Like, yes. it's those little things, the little uh, interactions that, that really make this card shine. And I love, like, it's colorless, so it can go in any deck. I love uh, the idea that Wizards is still just, like, pumping out three mana mana rocks for the casual crowd. Because, like, these are great. Um I'm always well, for a three-mana mana rock that produces any color. It doesn't even come in tapped. So most of the time, this is going to be used on a creature. Mm -hmm. All this says is that tap, spend one mana, your, you know, your, your creature, or add one mana to the cost of your next creature spell. It has flash. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pay that. For sure. Uh, I mean, it means that I can flash my commander out. That's, that's the amazing because, thing, right? Honestly... Even if you're not running a typal deck, is it going to be worth it to be able to flash your commander out? A lot of times, yes. If your commander happens to be human, then you're going to just accidentally get that that benefit for a number of the cards in your deck because you know your creature. When you're not paying attention to what what type it is, a lot of times it's human. So um, right, yeah. So you just you get that bonus. So. It's just, yeah, it's the latest in a long line of pretty solid three-mana mana rocks that, that we've been getting. Yeah. That, like, sometimes you see one and you're like, oh, this clicks hard in so many yeah. things. Because, um, yeah. I mean, even even so much as, like, like you were saying, like, if you're not playing a typal deck, I mean, you're probably not playing this, but, like, if it happens to be the only three-mana mana rock that you have available, like, throw it in. You will be surprised. Just period, Just, you know. How good is your commander if you can flash him in? Mm. And just make your decision based on that. I mean, if you think your commander's really good when you can flash it in, then you play Progenitor's Icon. When you, sit, when you choose the creature type, you laughingly say the name of your commander. And now everybody is on notice that your commander can come in at flash speed. So your commander can jump in and block. And maybe your commander has death touch. Your commander can jump in, uh, you know, at the end of a turn. So suddenly your commander now has haste or the equivalent of haste for everybody else on the board. It just, even if you don't get to use it, or you, even if you don't want to use it, it's sitting there and everybody else is now aware that when they start looking at combat, you know, they start looking around the board to try and determine who they've got. 
you know, you just be like, yeah, I can flash my commander in at any time. So it's just something you should think about. <laughs> and that, that can often be enough of a deterrent. Yeah. And I think for me, uh, if you were to look at this card in question, like why are they saying such good things about this card? Think of Path of Ancestry. Like yeah. if you're playing Path of Ancestry in your non-typal decks, it's the same thing. Honestly, it's yeah. a little better. Granted, it's not a land, but like right. um, it comes in untapped and it like you're choosing right. you know, uh your your creature type based on your commander anyway, like it's 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 a better result so <laughs> right now i understand this does it, it, this only works for one spell this isn't um you know not all your spells this turn get it not you know it's not the uh oh, what's the four mana artifact that gives all of your creatures flash oh the creatures uh, or permanents it's uh non-land permanents yeah the the ori uh, yeah vidalcan ori vidalcan yeah but you're getting to tap it for mana. Yeah. You're using it every turn. as And it's constantly threatening mm. something. Uh, I I love cards like that. And it says oh, yeah. three mana. It's two because it comes in tapped. Like that's... You, you get to play it after turn three. But maybe you're lucky and you get to play this turn two. You got a soul ring start. Get to play this yeah. on turn two. Uh, I I love it. I'm gonna get a playset. Oh yeah! As we were talking, there was a reason I was looking off to the side because <laughs> I was putting it in my cart right now. Uh, no, this is spectacular. I love this, uh, and it it's an easy add-in for a lot of your decks. So, because uh, I mean, while I just quoted uh, Agatha's uh, Agatha's Soul Cauldron as being a great card, and I encourage everybody to get it, um, it's almost fifty bucks. Yeah, this this it's not cheap. It's not cheap. This is yeah. Uh, this is less than a dollar for Gender's Icon. Yes, just get four. Get four. You're going to be happy that you did. Um, cool. Um, yeah. We each brought two to the table. I've got some more in my back pocket. If you ever want to hear any, what are you, what were your favorite cards from yes. this year? Uh, tweeted us. Put them in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. Right. That'll do it for this for us this week. Next week we're gonna have something cool to talk about. Stay tuned. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you're on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, press that subscribe button. You know yes. you want to. Um, and if you're not, uh, you missed a bunch of cards on the screen just flying by. Zoom zoom. Uh, and our beautiful faces. Anyway, we're Temple of False Bud, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Have a great night. Play some magic for me. Do it in my honor. Uh, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Manaburned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land 
be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!